And we want to pick up where we left off. If you're, if you're new with us today, do your best to hook up where we're, right where we're at and, uh, and uh, jump on in with us in this message. We've, we've been talking to you for the last few weeks about taking off the limits, all right? Many people have limitations in their lives, and uh, are you taking them off? All right, we're coming up, we've got to remove some hindrances, and uh, God wants us to do much and go far, and we've got to make sure nothing is in the way. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you today once again for this opportunity to be together, to study your word, to be the body of Christ hearing from heaven. Lord, we, we look to you for answers, for direction, for instruction in righteousness, that we may be equipped, thoroughly furnished unto every good work. And Lord, we, we just yield ourselves to you now. Thank you for your, your spirit having free course, free uh, ability to move in our lives today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Colossians 3, verse 23 says, And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. How shall we do it? Heartily. NIV says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for men. Verse 4, he went on to say, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. And so again now, whatever we do, he's given us direction on how we are to go about doing it. Whatever we do, that's pretty much anything, isn't it? Today, being at church, how should you do it? heartily with all your heart you should be doing the church thing with all of your heart is it possible that someone could be here without all of their heart into it yeah anybody maybe your arm was twisted you're here but you're not really here well how we're here makes a big difference as to what happens i can tell you this from personal experience and from many discussions with uh, friends of mine in ministry, those of us who, who speak and, and teach the Word a lot, it sometimes is amazing how different one service can be from another service. In, and it's not because, you, you know, the message is different. Oftentimes the message is the same. But it's the heart that people come with that will determine how God is going to respond and give them things or, or whether it's just going to be ho-hum, well, it was okay, it was a good word, we can determine that. Listen, the Lord tells us to do everything we do with all of our heart, and when we do, you think He turns, a, uh, turns His head away from that? When you come with all of your heart, there's a response from heaven that's going to fill you and thrill you and make your life what it's supposed to be. He wants to do a lot in your life, okay? This is one of the big keys and we talk about church, you can talk about home, you can talk about marriage, you can talk about business and career. Do, it, do whatever you do. This is the word of the Lord to us now. Whatever you do, do it with all your heart. Okay? That taps into the blessing of God. He wants to do so much in us. He wants to do so much more than we have ever asked or thought. He wants to do it in our lives. And many times... Things are hindered simply by us. We've got limitations, but they're in our control. And if we want to experience his best and his highest, want to experience the most, then we've got to blow this lid right off 
and let God be God in us and let him have his way in us and not slow things down with the limitations that we've created. I think it's pretty neat how, how God created us. I mean, you, you think about just us from a natural side, our, our brains and our physical body. How many know your physical body uh, pretty much is pliable? Right. I mean, some people, if they if they, if they want to, they work their physical bodies, and it's amazing how big someone can get a bicep. Let me show you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working on this for years. <laughs> Might be surprised there. <laughs> but if you know, if you're ever around, and some of you might, might have been into bodybuilding, some, and it's amazing how big someone can get if they put a lot of time and effort into into lifting weights and, and how other people develop themselves in certain skills and some people have developed themselves in the martial arts and they're, they're just, they can control their body well and yours too. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, But it's just, they've applied themselves and they've been able to do with their physical body a whole lot. And you can talk about a number of areas there. People also do that with the mind. What's the limitation of our mind? I don't know what it is. I mean, I think we all think there are certain limitations. I mean, you know, people talk about when they're in school and they're about ready to take a test and they're, they're, they, they say their brain is just crammed full. <laughs> I've been studying, my brain is just stuffed full. Probably that much of it is. I mean, some scientific studies have indicated that we only use a very small part of our brains. And uh, I don't know, what's the limitation? What could be there? What are the possibilities? I think the way that God created us, He intended for us to grow, for us to increase, for there to be no limitations. I mean, I don't know for sure. Did Adam, before the fall, did he use 100% of his brain? Is that how he came up with hippopotamus? You know, is, <laughs> is that how he, na he named all the animals? And uh, I, I don't know the answer to that, but I, I really, knowing the heart and character of God, He wants us to not have so many limitations on us. Physically, we can do, just do, people can really do a lot with their physical body. Mentally, yeah, I think about in the Old Testament, again, back in Genesis, the man Enoch. Bible doesn't tell us a whole lot about him. First part of his life, he didn't even serve the Lord. But then at one point, he started walking with God. Hebrews tells us, he walked with God and was not, for the Lord took him. In other words, he, he walked with the Lord 300 years. And, you know, none of us have done that right but he probably you know he started thinking about grandpa adam and hearing about god walking with him in the cool of the day and god would talk with him and they would converse and enoch started seeking god out and i don't know how all this played out but he started walking with god did it year after year and decade after decade and he got so close to god that he was just gone he just stayed with the lord What's the limitations on our lives spiritually? Man, I don't know that there are any. I don't know that God has capped us. Ah, that's far enough. Hold it right there. You're getting a little too spiritual. <laughs> you're, you're, you're starting to know a too, little too much. <laughs> no, but oftentimes we limit ourselves, and we, we've given some of the reasons of, of why people are limited. But I think we should start thinking bigger, and we should start taking the limits off. Uh, of, of everything in our lives and, and believe that all things are possible uh, just to review real quick we, we said to you last week 
that what limits God is, number one, we said rebellion limits God. Rebellion. Remember that? If, if we stiffen our neck and bless God, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to have it my way. Well, God is not able to fully do what he wants to do in your life then. Okay? Yeah, you had your way. Yes, you got to do what you wanted to do, but you were limited to your resources, your power, your protection, everything that you could do. I think it's just a much smarter thing to do in life is to submit to the Lord and say, Lord, whatever you will, that's what I'm going to do. And so rebellion limits what God can do in a person's life. Secondly, we told you that unbelief can be a big time hindrance. Unbelief uh, is what kept the uh, Israeli nation in the wilderness for 40 years. Okay, they griped, they complained, they refused to believe that they were able to do what God said they could do. And so he said, okay, have fun, hang out in the desert for a little while. But it wasn't because God didn't want them to go in, it's because they refused to believe him. All right, number three, we told you that what limits God is a lack of growth, a lack of growth. The plan of God for your life, for my life, is contingent upon uh, me growing in my walk with relationship with the Lord. If I stay in a babyhood state, I simply cannot handle, comprehend, understand. I can't do certain things that God wants me to do. It's not that God chose someone else special over me, that he played favorites with someone else. No, he had a glorious plan for me but I stayed in diapers and so I was never able to do and to handle what he wanted to give me it's very critical that you grow okay and and I'll speak to you from experience I have noticed over the years for some reason and I can I understand some of why but some reason certain people never grow seen them year after year they're not necessarily backslidden they're not they're not away from God they're they have a relationship with the Lord they are saved but they never progress they never mature in the things of God and so they are absolutely going to be limited in what God can do in and through them it's not because of some divine influence either you remember we don't believe that whatever God wants to do he does have to remind folks of that sometime that religious thinking creeps in to think well God's God he's going to do whatever he wants to do no he's not he is absolutely limited in your life by how you respond to what he does he is not going to override your will he is not going to override your faith or lack thereof or your obedience or lack thereof it is about how we respond to him that will determine the degree of him that is manifest in our lives okay and, and and there's nothing more valuable than having that by the way but again we must purpose to respond correctly so that we can have the fullness of what he wants to have happen God's plan again it for your life and it's there God's plan is contingent upon you being mature enough at different stages of your life to handle the next step otherwise you stay in second grade and you do it again and you do it again 
And I'll just, while I'm here, one big reason why people don't progress and mature and grow and graduate to the next phase of God's plan is because every time there's a challenge, every time there's a, a, a difficult circumstance that they face, they bump against it and turn around. They never overcome. If there's a challenge, maybe it's a difficult person. Maybe it's a, uh, just an, a, an attack of the enemy. But they never rise up and overcome it. They never apply God's word and say, I'm going to believe God in the middle of this circumstance and situation. I'm coming out victorious. They don't do that. Instead, they back up, look for a natural way to fix it, look for a natural escape, or just kind of avoid the whole thing. Sometimes people run from every difficult relationship. There's a problem here. I'm out of that one. There's a problem here. We'll use the silent treatment on them. <laughs> you know, and every time something difficult happens, they don't deal with it. Therefore, they stay in the same place year after year after year. It's, man, if you, if you found yourself kind of going in a circle for years in life, you've never really gone up. Things are not getting better and better. You're not increasing in a number of areas in your life. Can I tell you? You're never going to until you face a situation that you keep running from. Something comes up, and it may have a different face on it, but it's the same thing. It's, it's, it's facing a limitation or a weakness that's in you. And it's going to keep bumping you back, bumping you back until when it comes one of these times, you say, I'm not going to do this again. I'm not going to back down from this. I'm not going to act like a, you like me, a big baby. I'm not going to back down from this. I'm going to suck it up. I'm going to be mature and believe God. I'm going to deal with people in a correct, loving manner. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to, I'm going to deal with this correctly. Then, well, you've just dealt with it probably for your last time. You don't have to deal with that anymore now. You've, you've finally graduated. Took you 48 years, but praise God. <laughs> You get to go to high school now. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> this is important that we understand this because this takes a different form in many people's lives. But God needs you to grow. He needs you to, and there's no there's no way around it. There's no back door to this. There's no special laying on a hand service. There's no deliverance meeting. There's no special oil we can pour on you that'll just kind of make this go away. Something's only come by us believing God and standing in the face of difficult circumstances and say, I'm going to do the word in spite of what I feel, in spite of my emotions that are stirred up right now. You know, I want to get in the flesh. I want to strike back. I want to run away. I want to do all this stuff. But no, here I am. I'm going to do what the Lord wants me to do. I'm, not going, to, I'm going to stay put. Deal with this. Amen talking to somebody now if I'm not talking to you just smile and pray for someone who I am talking to but we are not here to embarrass anyone want to be direct want to be straight so that everyone can be helped everyone can be helped it would be a you know one of the most difficult things for me would be you know as far as feeling like I just didn't succeed, is if I ministered to people year after year after year and they never changed. They, they stayed the same. Still had a mediocre 
marriage and family, always struggling financially, always sick, always depressed, and just kind of floating through life, yet saved. Man, I feel like I've totally missed the boat if that's what's happening, because that's not the will of God. But God's not going to override the system either, because He's Almighty God. He's just going to come down and snap His fingers, and everything's going to be uh, just sweet and, and nice from here on out. That's not the way it works. He's given us His Word. And you must believe it. He who comes to God, what must he do? He must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Not an option. You've got to believe. I have to? Yes, you have to. Couldn't you believe for me? No. Can't. We can stand alongside of you, believe next to you, but not in place. We all, we've all got to get it ourselves. If you don't get it for yourself, it won't last in life. Only the things that you get and that you get established in your heart will last you long term. Other things are a band-aid. Band-aids are good for a day. <laughs> but eventually, we've got to deal with the problems. Amen? Oh, the Lord is good. Well, let me try to get to number four. What limits God? Number four small thinking number four small thinking I, I, I would I would guess there's probably a number of us in here that the limitations that are in our lives keeping us from going forward and doing great things is not because we're in rebellion not because we're just refusing to believe because we have unbelief going on not because we're we're not growing I know many of us man we're we're going up we're we're growing in our understanding our mind is being renewed more and more and it's not for those reasons, but this comes into play. We simply are limiting God by how we think. We've allowed small thinking to dominate our lives. Listen, don't, don't let yourself think that, that big and great stuff is for somebody else. Don't fall into the trap that think, well, that's not really, you know, it's not really the way I was raised or the... Uh, some people have these benefits and they get these breaks in life. That's, that's just for other people. No, 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 that's for you. Amen. If you'll allow yourself to let that in. And, you know, somebody's going to own the next multi-million dollar business. Why not you? I mean, because you're saved. Right? Most of you. Some of you kind of. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Either are or you're not. <laughs> but you love God. Wouldn't it just be better? I mean, if you're just kind of managing the universe, wouldn't it be better that people who love God and want to live right and, and, and do good and help others, wouldn't it be better if they had the money? That just kind of makes good business sense. As opposed to someone who's going to, you know, spend their money on pornography and drugs and all kinds of junk. Right? I think you ought to have it. I think if someone's going to create uh, the next great fortune, it should be you. Someone's going to come with, up with a, uh, have the next invention, next great idea that kind of changes the way we do certain things. You know, someone's going to come up with the next iPod or something like that that kind of changes the game. Why not you? Could it be you? So sometimes people, oh, I could never imagine that happening. I, I, I know a guy... And he was sharing with me how he started praying, prayed for years that God would give him an invention. 
give him an idea, something that would uh, really be useful and, and make a lot of money. And he's, his motive was the kingdom of God. And uh, God would show him something. And he was telling me, this, telling me this story. He said, and the Lord did. He said, the Lord showed me what to do, how to put, it was an electronic type of thing that it's uh, still actually in the works now. And uh, the Lord gave him this uh, plan. It took him years. He prayed for years, took him years to get it patented. And already he's been offered over $10 million for it. And, uh, and he's not going to sell it because it's worth hundreds of millions. And, uh, and he's already got a lot of the big companies have already have patent infringements on him. <laughs> Ooh, they owe him. <laughs> but, but, but what is it? He, and this guy, nice guy, but he's not some technological genius or, you know, something like that. He, he works another job in a different business. This wasn't even related. But he prayed and believed that God would give him an idea. And he did. And it's going to result in millions, very likely hundreds of millions of dollars. And he's going to, you know, he's, a, he's going to be blessed himself by it, but he's also going to funnel a lot of money into the kingdom of God. And uh, why couldn't God give you an idea like that? I don't know. Why doesn't he? Well, I don't know. Maybe you've never asked. <laughs> okay, I'll ask. Well, stay with it. Believe God. And maybe that's not ever what everyone needs to do. But I'm saying the limitations that come are often just in our minds. We're not going after something. We're not seeking, so we're not finding. It's not that God can't come up with another idea. You think he's got any other game-changing ideas in his mind? Oh, Whatever. How many know God could, could enlighten us all in a second and everything we do would look like a dinosaur? Because he knows everything. Amen. So, why not us? Numbers chapter 13, you don't need to turn there, but in, in, in that passage of Scripture, again, this is the situation when Israel was coming out of the promised land. They were about to go into Canaan's land, God's promised place for them it was again the land flat flowed with milk and honey land of abundance and uh, they sent their spies in and the spies came back with a bad report saying we can't do this this is too big for us we can't handle this they had the word of the lord god said i've given it to you you can have it but they said no they're too big we think how could they do that <sighs> Well, I think we've, uh, we've encroached on that kind of thinking ourselves at times. God says you can do something, and we think, no, I can't. But in, in, in Numbers 13, verse 33, they came back and they said, there, were, there we saw giants. The descendants of Anak came from giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Do you see that the, how they ended up was a result of how they saw themselves. They said, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in theirs. And listen, if you want people around you to have respect for you and think something of you, you better think something of yourself. You better believe that, that you're not just some worm of the dust, some small nothing that can't accomplish anything big in life. Because if you do, so will everybody else. They'll think the same thing. But we've got to raise our, uh, our thinking concerning our own lives. And uh, I just want to throw this in while we're here. This is not really in my plan. But go to Proverbs chapter, chapter uh, 4. Proverbs chapter 4. 
just came up in my heart during the first service and so it just came back to me now again proverbs 4 verse 23 423 says keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life where do the issues of life come from it says they come from the heart so because of that we're supposed to keep it or guard it protect it stand at the post guard the post of your heart because whatever is coming out of your heart, that's going to be your life. You will never go further than your heart will allow you to go. Why do some people rise to a, such a higher level in life and in, in everything they do? It's because that's what, what's in their heart. That's the contents of their heart. Some people, they have a a good heart in the sense of sincere and honest, but they have such a small thinking heart. Therefore, they're never able to get out beyond that. He said, you make sure and you take care of the inside of you because you will never get further on the outside than you are able to get on the inside. If you can't see it in here, you'll never see it out here. If you don't experience it on the inside, you'll never experience it on the outside. This, this word translated issues here is a word that means boundaries boundaries he said i want you to keep your heart guard your heart because out of it spring the boundaries of your life in other words you're never gonna able to go further than your heart will allow you to go and if you want to do more and accomplish more and see more and have more you've got to work on the inside of you You've got to change the way you think, change the way you approach circumstances. And a lot of that comes from, from uh, uh, meditating on the almighty power of God and His willingness to move in you and what He's promised. And you get that established in you, you'll start. You won't have grasshopper mentality. You won't be jumping around waiting for some, someone to step on you. You'll have giant mentality. Here we go. Bring on the world. Bring on anything that can, that can come to me. And with the Lord's help and by His grace, I can handle it. I can go up higher. I can do great things. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Say who? You <laughs> and me. What I think in my heart, that determines the course and the direction of my life. One of the biggest limitations that I can put on God and what He wants to do is simply me and my small thinking. Having a small heart will produce a small life. But if I will enlarge and begin to see more, Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no revelation or vision, the people perish or cast off restraint. I'm mixing translations together. But if we can't see it, we can't be it. If I don't, if I don't see myself doing something... I'll never get there, and I'll never accomplish it. I know in, in ministry that uh, years ago, I used to, I would see myself ministering and speaking and doing things that I believe God called me to do. I would see it. When I say I saw it, I could close my eyes and see it. I could see it on the inside. I could see myself doing certain things that I do now. And I can close my eyes and see more now that I don't see on the outside yet. But I know that's the beginning 
of seeing it with the physical eye. And a lot of times when people, they're never able to see themselves doing something more, doing something great, they won't do it. If you were to close your eyes now and imagine your future, what does it look like? And this is where we've got to expand our vision. You know, sometimes people will, uh, they'll drive down, uh, you know, to drive down through certain parts of town and maybe look at some, drive through some subdivisions that have some really outstanding homes, and they'll go, wow, look at that. I could never live in something like that. <laughs> or, you know, they're at the stoplight. <laughs> in there, in there you go. And, <laughs> and anyway, someone pulls up in a really nice, nice car that they'd really like and whoa, and they pull up next to them and they look over and go, oh, wow. I could never have a car like that. You won't. You won't be bothered with the house. You won't be bothered with the car. Uh, whatever it is. People look at others and sometimes see what they have and think, well, that's just too much. I can't ever imagine myself having something like that. Well, you need to. You need to be able to. Imagine things like that, okay? It starts on the inside of us being able to see things. And it's not all about things, but I like to bring up things because it gets under religious folks' skin. Because <laughs> you have to remember this. Listen, small thinking and poverty thinking are best friends. They love each other. They talk for hours. They hang out, they have a really good time. They especially like to talk about other people and how they waste money. Yeah. Come on, come on. They do. And they'll say, oh, can you believe that they spent money on that? Can you believe how, oh, what a waste of God's money. <laughs> and if a church does something and they build, they build something really nice and, and it, it looks like it's, wow, that's nice. Oh, they, they, they have a field day with that. Oh, can you believe that they would spend so much money on that. They would waste money. Listen, those people are never going to do anything big for God. Amen. And I got to encourage you, don't listen to that. Uh, here, here's a real related point to small thinking, is listening and following people who think small. That they're, all, they're always talking. I mean, one of, top priority in their life is how they can save money. That should not be your top priority. Now, we all like to save money. Nothing wrong with saving money. But if everything we approach is, I've got to save a buck here, you know, and, you know, the person who, I can't believe, you see how much they're charging for milk? It's, I went into this store. It was like $3 for milk. And so I got in my car. I drove across town, and I got it for two fifty. <laughs> That's how a small-minded person thinks. That's how a poverty minded person thinks and I really don't want to associate with that people who are always trying to save money for the Lord and the Lord never gets the money they save anyway what happens less money comes if I think small and so I'm just going to operate on shoestring budget and everything I'm just going to pinch to the very minimum what's going to happen I'll get it done with that much at a, you know, it'll be cheaper, it won't be as nice, won't be as honoring to God, and all the money I saved, I'll never see it. 
It'll never show up. But if I can think big and say, this is God's business, this is what He's doing. What, what do you mean God's business? I'm talking the church. I'm talking your life because you belong to Him. It's all God's business. But if I'll open up my, my mind big and be able to see big things, I'll have more. God will be more glorified. Other people will be blessed through my life more. And I'll probably still have extra left. That's just the way it works. Small thinking does not save God money. Nor you. Amen. And so these close friends ought not be people who are leading us. When I say friends, the small thinker and the poverty thinker. Uh, follow people who are growing. If you want to listen to someone, someone's going to have input in your life, make sure they're growing. There could be a real temptation for some uh, when they get comfortable. And I want to encourage you not to be this way in any part of your life. Where you get to a place and you're comfortable, where you, you just kind of relax and no longer move forward. It's real hard to stay idle, to stay the same. I think generally people are moving forward or they're moving backwards. And the day you and I stop pressing ahead is the day we start sliding back. And I know my approach to, to this church, you know, when the Lord sent us here, uh, my, my approach was at the beginning, of course, it's of necessity. When you start a church, it's like, come on, we've got to get some people. Or we can't do this. You can't have church without people. I don't know if you know. <laughs> it just doesn't work very well. And so you've got to get some, some folks together. All right. But then after you get going, you've you know, you got hundreds of people coming. You know, it can be easy for some to say, now we can just kind of coast. Let things kind of maintain, you know, there's no huge financial need or deficit or anything like that. And, you know, you own properties and you could just relax and kind of be satisfied with the way things are. Maybe you're that way in your own life, uh, satisfied and things are okay, things are good, or you're not in, living in a disaster. And you become satisfied with just kind of coasting through and just put your attention on heaven and uh, quit it. Don't be satisfied. I mean, be satisfied, but like, don't. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I mean, uh, be satisfied in what you have from the Lord. And uh, I don't mean be ill content, but at the same time, desire more. God created us to want to grow and expand and stretch and increase. And that's our, that's our heart here for this church. And it should be our heart for all of our lives. Wherever we're at, say, not good enough. God is a big God. He has a big vision, a big plan for me. I'm going to grow and do what's necessary to make adjustments and changes, and I'm going to pray and seek His face so I can see more. And once I see it on the inside, that's the beginning steps where it's going to, it's going to start happening. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Now, someone said, that sounds kind of new agey. <laughs> you talking about visualizing something? <laughs> Listen. That's really not, I could give, there's a whole lot of scriptures that talk about vision and that aspect of seeing. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4.18 is another that uh, I don't want to, I don't think I want to take time right now to get into. I thought I might. But there are, this, this principle is throughout the word. And just because you see someone out in the, uh, some funky group out in the world and they come up with some idea that it, all, it sounds really strange and you see, oh, there's a relationship to that. Anything that's false and that's wrong but carries any weight is going to have an element of truth in it. 
but they usually take God out of the picture. They usually, you know, make it all about uh, your personal ability aside from God to make your life into what it, what it is. We believe in the grace of God here. And when we see things, we're talking about seeing God's best, what He promises. Understand the difference without me going uh, into that real deep. Praise the Lord. And so, God wants us to do great things. I want to show you something over in the book of Mark to bring, a, bring us, you know, some, I don't know if I want to say the word balance. I like the word balance, but sometimes when people say balance, they don't mean what I mean. <laughs> they mean you're thinking too big. <laughs> they mean you have too much faith. <laughs> no, that's not balance to mix faith and unbelief. <laughs> It's not balanced to serve the Lord a little bit and, you know, serve the devil too. You know, stay balanced. I don't want to get in the ditch here. <laughs> That's not balance. That's the kind of balance I'm talking about. But we need to be balanced in the Word and understand what the Lord uh, is saying to us. Now, Mark chapter 4 and verse 26, and he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground, and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how, for the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. I just want to bring out this point from this. This is the way God established things to work in the earth, that there would first be a head... First be a blade, then the head, and, and after that the full grain in the head. Okay. In other words, there's a process of growing. Does God want there to be no limitations for all of us to be able to have great, outstanding, influential, prosperous, healthy, God-glorifying lives? Absolutely. But understand that usually things don't happen where a person goes from zero to a hundred just like that. Usually someone, they're not going to go from nothing to everything, just like that. I mean, other than salvation and the fact that he changes us that way, uh, what we experience in life works progressively, all right? The person who says, you know, I'm, I'm, I really want to, I'm going to give a million dollars into the kingdom of God. I'm going to give a million dollars. Okay, that's a, I'm not going to back you off from that. That's a good vision, good plan. How much are you given now? Well, I haven't given anything yet, but that's not the way things work. You're going to go from nothing to everything? Hmm. Someone said, I I'm going to win a million people to the Lord. The Lord told me I'm going to have a worldwide ministry. Okay? How's your backyard ministry going? If you don't have a backyard ministry, you think you're going to have a worldwide ministry? You think God's just going to dump on you all responsibility to do all these things and you're not doing anything? That's not how the kingdom of God works. Okay? And people have, uh, you know, I think it's a good thing when someone sees big. I think that's godly. They see big. They see great things. They want to accomplish much. And they're not going to be limited by someone else's uh, thinking about them. But how that comes about, we need to understand that there is a process. There's a process that we go through. Keep that big vision in mind. But you don't go from nothing to everything. You don't go from zero to 10,000 
with no preparation and with no growing process. You got to get the blade first. Where's your blade, man? You saying you want uh, full grain in the head? Great, that's a good vision. Full grain in the head. I'm not going to discourage you from full grain in the head. I'm going to believe you with you for full grain in the head. But first, you're going to have a blade. And if God's working with you, you understand this is His word. This is the way He set up things. Seed time and harvest is His plan. All right. And so again, that's the way the Lord works. Psalm 115:14 says, "May the Lord give you increase more and more, not just give you increase all at once. Increase." more and more how about we stay on the path i don't know about you but i like the word more hey i love the lord too i'm not just carnally minded and just thinking but i still like the word more more ice cream more <laughs> more people saved you know more influence more uh, lands and buildings to reach more people i like a lot of mores including cookies and cream <laughs> shundai <laughs> But God needs us to not limit him by our small thinking. Are we shutting him down because of the way we think? Number five, let's finish up here. Number five, we'll go pretty quick. How can we limit God is fear. Fear places a big limitation on the Lord. If I'm operating in fear, and this is an element of, we can say, I play it too safe in my life. You know why some people don't ever accomplish great and move further and get out of the areas they're in? They're playing it too safe. They're afraid of failing. Maybe afraid of what someone else might think of them if they step out. And we can't let fear of failure or fear of falling on our face keep us from ever stepping out of the boat and doing something. All right? Fear is a very paralyzing force. It keeps people from accomplishing great things. I, I know people who won't uh, fly on airplanes out of fear. And they're limited to ground transportation. I know one couple, this woman was sharing with me years ago, and, and she would tell me her, her and her husband wanted to go on vacations in some different parts of the country and even outside of our borders. And, but they couldn't go because he wouldn't fly. Her husband would not get on an airplane. And, you know, Hawaii takes a long time to get there in a boat. <laughs> and if you like the Hawaiian Islands, you better fly, man. But, you know... The truth, though, some people won't ever do. Maybe you're like that. Some, you won't ever go to some of those places because you're afraid of flying. And uh, there are people who get so extreme, they won't even leave their house. They're just afraid of everything, of germs and anything bad that could happen. They're afraid it's going to happen. How I many know oh, that's pretty limiting? <laughs> and mo though most of us aren't probably in such an extreme situation, uh, why do some people, you know, why do some people, will they jump out of airplanes and skydive? And others would, would never do that. Well, how many know the reason is not only not physical, it's the way they view it. And I'm not saying you need to or don't need to do that. That's not really, <laughs> you weaklings. No. <laughs> Actually, I've never done it either. But, uh, <laughs> well, Pastor Allen did, and his parachute didn't work. <laughs> the second one worked, though, right? <laughs> Anyway, so I tell you that, and some of you go, see, <laughs> I would never do that. Well, I'm not, again, I'm not saying you need to, but there's a reason why some people will do certain things, and others, they just won't even try. And uh, I don't want to not do stuff out of fear. 
And so, there's some people in history, if they would have been motivated by fear, just trying to play it too safe, there's a lot that wouldn't have happened. You know, I think about the Word of God, I don't think Noah would have built the ark. I don't think Abraham would have moved to Canaan. I don't think Peter would have walked on the water. I don't think David would have killed Goliath. I don't think Daniel would have prayed at his window. I don't think Esther would have approached the king. I don't think God would have sent his only son if they had just been playing it safe. Well, everything's okay in my life. I mean, it's not that there's big problems and, uh, you know, I'm going to survive. We're going to make it. I know. Maybe you will. Maybe playing it safe. You might live long. But think of the possibilities. Think of the possibilities of stepping out and doing something new and breaking out of the boundaries that we've placed on ourselves, the limitations of our own mind, saying, Lord, show me, show me what can happen. Show me what the possibilities are. Again, I think the limitations that we have in life have been placed on us by ourselves. God created us physically and mentally and absolutely spiritually to experience much and to have the fullness of Him moving in our lives. And let's not shut Him down. And I realize some of this may be a matter of prayer with you and with me. It's like, okay, what do I need to do here? What do I need to do to see more? But that's the beginning point. Lord, show me what I'm not seeing. Give me vision and revelation, understanding of things that are possible to me, but I've limited with my small thinking. Lord, open the eyes of my understanding so I can see all that you've created me to be. I don't want to put limitations. I want to affect multitudes. You remember we shared, maybe we didn't share it in this second service, but, uh, you know, when I obey the Lord, it not only benefits me, it benefits a number of people. When I put limitations on what God can do in my life, I am also influencing many other lives. And you being a person who will step out of the boat and uh, take steps of faith and do great things, it's not just about your life. Say, my life's okay, everything's good. Uh, it's not all about you. You don't know the great influence that you will have upon someone else when you start to grow. Come on now, when you start to live in obedience, when you start to uh, remove fear and small thinking from your life, you're going to be such a positive influence in life that uh, people are going to look back someday. Maybe it's when we're all sitting around my house in heaven. And uh, sit, sitting in the mansion, we're talking about how we took a step of faith. We obeyed God, and look who's here as a result. And look what happened as a result. Oh, God was faithful, faithful to us. But God responds to boldness. Amen. Come on. He responds to someone who will step out of their boat and say, I believe God that it will be even as it was told me. Amen. And that's what the kind of people we need to be. Not limited by small thinking or lack of belief, but saying that I can do anything with God's help and by His grace. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you today. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness. You're a mighty God in our midst. You're a faithful Lord to cause us to come up higher, to do great things. And Lord, we do it all for your glory. All for your honor. Also, the name of Jesus can be lifted high. Lord, we want to not only be blessed, but we want to be a blessing. Lord, we not only want to have the fullness of what you've promised come to pass in our lives, but we want to be a living testimony 
an example to all who would see us and all who would behold our lives. Lord, we purpose today in our hearts to shed small thinking, to remove the limitations of our mind. And we know in and of ourselves that can be, that can be difficult to do because of our past and what we've grown up thinking. But Lord, we ask for your supernatural help. Pull the cover off of this thing and let us see the possibilities of what we can do with you. Lord, may we be even and walk in the steps of Enoch who walked with you and saw so much, got so close that there were no limitations to him. Lord, we honor and bless you today. Thank you for helping every single person to come up. You're doing a great and mighty thing. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for those today who've never been saved. Those who've come to church today, we're so glad they did.